Don't Give Up the Ship podcast episode 23. Developmental Black Hole. We're finally back. We're finally doing a regular episode. I'm finally recording in my office in my shiny new house. I'm super sorry for the extended absence from normal episodes. Been trying to crank through some uh, some spin the yards to fill the, to fill the void there. But uh, I apologize for the gap again. I was super busy for all the reasons I mentioned previously. Uh, and then it's a kind of a hectic schedule at work right now that is finally, finally starting to slow down so I can get some of this stuff out of my head. I'm really excited. So we're going to knock this out. Got a couple coming up. We're going to be talking about leadership confidence next. Uh, I've got p- picking your battles is something that a friend of mine asked me to do. So I'm going to do that as well. Uh, and then I've got another concept that I'm going to spin up soon. Uh, called Motivation Mondays, which you might have seen the Instagram post today. That was just a post, but I'm actually going to do some audio clips. Got the idea from Jocko Podcast. Uh, he's a he's a retired Navy SEAL. If you don't listen to Jocko Podcast, you should be. So get on that. Uh, it, his stuff is amazing. Inspires me every day. It's where I I get a lot of my inspiration from uh, to continue doing this uh, and continue getting after it, as he would say. But uh, check that out. So I'm going to do Motivation Monday little snippets. Uh, just to get you guys moving, something you can play to give yourself a kick in the butt at the beginning of the week. Uh, it's something that uh, I did for my A school students. That's where the concept kind of really came from, uh, where I used to get them hyped up before we would march, and uh, they loved that stuff. They used to beg me to do it uh, before they would march off at the end of the day, or just beg me to march with them because of what I did to kind of motivate them and press that hoo-yah button. So I'm going to do a little bit of that in front of the mic uh, and get that stuff uploaded every Monday that I feasibly can. I'm not going to commit to weekly if I can do that great, but... Uh, uh, I'm going to start spinning that up this coming Monday, hopefully. Okay, so let's get right into this. I'm really excited to knock this out, and I need to do it before my fiance gets home because I have a toilet to fix. So here we go. So today's history segment is going to be about Commander Howard Gilmore. Uh, he was the first U.S. submariner to receive the Medal of Honor in World War II. Commander Gilmore lost his life in a selfless act of heroism that has become one of the most inspiring legends of the submarine force, and it inspired a very uh, well-known and repeated phrase. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So Gilmore was born in Selma, Alabama in 1902 and served first as an enlisted sailor before entering the U.S. Naval Academy by competitive examination. He graduated from the academy in 1926, standing 34th in his class of 456. Before the war, Gilmore had served as the executive officer of USS Shark, SS-174, and in a colorful incident during that time, narrowly survived an assault by a group of thugs in Panama who cut his throat during an excursion ashore. In March 1942, four months after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, he took command of the USS Growler, SS-215, fourth boat of the 81-ship Gato SS-212 class, and sailed her to the Pacific Theater. Operating out of Pearl Harbor, Growler was one of seven submarines assigned to picket duty in the North and West Islands as part of the Hawaii Defense Force during the early phases of the Battle of Midway in June 1942. Later that month, she embarked on her first war patrol in the vicinity of the Aleutian Islands, where Gilmore attacked three Japanese destroyers off Kiska, sinking one and severely damaging the other two, while narrowly avoiding two torpedoes fired at him in return. In early August, Gilmore took Growler on her second and most successful war patrol in the East China Sea near Taiwan, sinking four merchant ships totaling 15,000 tons before returning to Hawaii in late September. In October 1942, Growler sailed from Pearl Harbor to Brisbane, Australia by way of truck in the Caroline Islands, both to support the blockade of that Japanese bastion and as part of general repositioning of submarine assets ordered by Admiral Chester Nimitz 
During the early struggle for the Solomon Islands, Gilmore and Growler scored no kills on this third war patrol, but arrived safely in Brisbane in mid-December. Growler departed Brisbane on New Year's Day 1943 for her fateful fourth war patrol targeting Japanese shipping lanes between Truk and Rabaul in Bismarck Archipelago. I always mess that word up, I'm sorry. Uh, on 16 January, Gilmore sighted an enemy convoy maneuvered inside the escorts and sank Chifiku Maru, a 6,000-ton passenger cargo ship. He was unsuccessful in subsequent attacks on a small convoy and a converted gunboat, but on the night of 6 to 7 February, while charging batteries on the surface, Gilmore spotted the 900-ton provision ship Hayasaki and manned the bridge for surface attack. With Growler still a mile away, however, Hayasaki's watch saw the oncoming submarine, and Hayasaki turned to attack herself, attempting to ram her assailant. As the small ship charged out of the darkness, Gilmore sounded the collision alarm and shouted, Left full rudder! To no avail. Perhaps inadvertently, Growler hit the Japanese adversary amidships at 17 knots, healing the submarine 50 degrees, bending sideways 18 feet of her bow, and disabling the forward torpedo tubes. Simultaneously, the Japanese crew unleashed a murderous burst of machine gun fire at Growler's bridge, killing the assistant officer of the deck and a lookout, while wounding Gilmore himself and two other men. Clear the bridge, Gilmore ordered as he struggled to hang on to a frame. As the rest of the bridge party dropped down the hatch into the conning tower, the executive officer, Lieutenant Commander Arnold Shade, shaken by the impact and dazed by his own fall into the control room, waited expectantly for his captain to appear. Instead, from above, came the shouted command, Take her down. Realizing that he could not himself get below in time if the ship were to escape, Gilmore chose to make the supreme sacrifice for his shipmates. Shade hesitated briefly, then followed his captain's last order and submerged the crippled ship. Servicing some time later in hope of reattacking the Hayasaki, Lieutenant Commander Shade found the seas empty. The Japanese ship had, in fact, survived the encounter, but there was no sign of Gilmore, who apparently had drifted away in the night. Shade and Growler's crew managed to control the ship's flooding and limped back to Brisbane on 17 February. Taken immediately into dry dock, Growler was repaired and fought again, at first under the command of Lieutenant Commander Shade and then under Commander Thomas B. Oakley Jr. Sadly, she was lost on her 11th war patrol in November 1944 while attacking a Japanese convoy south of Mindoro in the Philippine Islands. Growler received eight battle stars for her role in the Pacific War. For sacrificing his own life to save his ship, Commander Gilmore was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. Subsequently, the submarine tender Howard W. Gilmore, AS-16, was named for him and sponsored by his widow. Even today, over 50 years later, take her down remains one of the legendary phrases of the United States Submarine Force. So now I'm going to read Commander Gilmore's Medal of Honor citation. For distinguished gallantry and valor above and beyond the call of duty as commanding officer of the USS Growler during her fourth war patrol in the Southwest Pacific from 10 January to 7 February 1943, boldly striking at the enemy in spite of continuous hostile air and anti-submarine patrols, Commander Gilmore sank one Japanese freighter and damaged another by torpedo fire, successfully evading severe depth charges following each attack. In the darkness of the night on 7 February, an enemy gunboat closed range and prepared to ram the Growler. Commander Gilmore daringly maneuvered to avoid the crash and ram the attacker instead, ripping into her port side at 11 knots and bursting wide her plates. 
In the terrific fire of the sinking gunboat's heavy machine guns, Commander Gilmore calmly gave the order to clear the bridge and refusing safety for himself, remained on deck while his men proceeded in below. Struck down by a fusillade of bullets and having done his utmost against the enemy in his final living moments, Commander Gilmore gave his last order to the officer of the deck, take her down. The growler dived, seriously damaged but under control. She was brought safely to port by her well-trained crew, inspired by the courageous fighting spirit of their dead captain. So that's what I got for the history segment today. Commander Gilmore is awesome. Uh, this, the phrase, take her down, is something you hear to this day on submarines. It's just one of those legendary things um, that has stuck around and is, is a big part of our kind of the lore of submarine, of submarine force uh, and, and of submarines in general. And something that uh, I thought was really cool, and I, I wanted to kind of keep it rolling with uh, Submarine Metal Bonomers. I've been spending a lot of time on that lately, uh, and it's just something I wanted to talk about. So now it's the topic, right? Developmental black hole. What, what does that even mean, right? Uh, it's something that was stuck in my brain a lot towards the end of my time at A school, and I, I just couldn't shake my frustration uh, with specifically naval enlisted leadership training and development, right? Enable enlisted leadership is evaluated on their performance as leaders with virtually zero actual formal leadership development or education. So that's something that uh, it just ate away at me and ate away at me as I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm evaluating sailors on their ability to lead without having any formal, and I say formal meaning classroom, education, or training on leadership outside of what we command deliver. Uh, so junior sailors should take time to understand the importance of leadership development and what they can do on their own to fill the void in order to become the best possible leaders they can for their sailors. I, I Like I said, I, I just couldn't shake it. I couldn't get this out of my head. Uh, it's the reason I created this medium for you. It's the reason I do this podcast. And it's more and more maddening to me uh, as I watch leaders fail, as I hear from junior sailors that are increasingly frustrated with poor leadership, as I fail as a leader and wonder what I could have done to prevent it. Uh, and as I work for horrendous leadership in senior positions, and it then affects my charges negatively, uh, as I continue to hear senior leadership speak about how important leadership development is and continue to fall short in taking action on their words, it's too important to screw up. The effects are so far reaching. Uh, poor leadership, in my opinion, is 100% avoidable, and we don't do anywhere near enough to prevent it. Uh, we can do better, and, and we have to. Uh, so let's talk about how we can. That's what we're going to get into today. Uh, so the first piece, I, I, like always, I want to know if there's an instruction. I want to know if, if there's something in place already, what the, what the st structure is for whatever I'm talking about. So I'm essentially criticizing it. Uh, so in my mind-bending frustration, I'm, I'm venting to all my buddies, all the chiefs behind a closed door, uh, and just friends who listen intently. And then they always ask me, like, well, what are we doing now? And I have a pretty good understanding of this question's answer, but I think it's important to always check because I sure as hell don't know everything. So I looked into it, and uh, what do you know? I learned something. So in 2013, uh, the Chief of Naval Operations released what he titled the Navy Leader Development Strategy. Uh, and I encourage you to Google this and check it out. But within that document, he stated how important he believes this to be numerous times, stating developing enlisted and officer leaders must be one of our top priorities. And that's a quote. It also surprisingly referenced an OPNAV instruction, which I didn't know about, and, and I'll talk about also as I get into this. Uh, but the short of it is there is a plan, and it's a plan developed by senior leadership who understands how important this is. So you ask yourself the question, why doesn't it feel like it on the deck plate? That why doesn't this feel like a priority? The continuum itself is broken into four core elements. So they are experience, education, training, and personal development. These core elements are then divided into pay grade ranges of E1 to E3, E4 to E6, E7 to E8, and then E9. 
Experience contains elements like specific technical and leadership qualifications and service, in particular billets such as work center supervisor or leading petty officer. Education exclusively references online PME or professional military education, the senior enlisted academy, and then the SEA's Keystone course. Uh, training references things like recruit training command, naval military training, which happens at A schools, uh, command delivered leadership development, and C schools. And then CPO 365 and fleet CPO training team um, and command leadership school, which simply is another course at SEA. Those all fall into that category. Uh, GMT also falls into this category, so general military training. And then personal development references your learning and development roadmaps or ladders, which you can find on NKO. Uh, professional qualifications, again, but not technical in nature. Uh, and then professional reading, which is on your own time, and tuition assistance, so off-duty education. The obvious problem is nowhere in here is a leadership education actually provided until the senior enlisted ranks. And I say that because I've been to the Senior Enlisted Academy and it was amazing. Uh, I spent the whole time there thinking, why doesn't everybody do this? Why doesn't the whole fleet have access to some version of this in some medium? Uh, some fundamental real life experiences can be important additions and developmentally important factors, yes, but they're not an education. So the instruction, let's talk about the OPNAV instruction. Like what the heck is in this? So it's OPNAV instruction 5351.2 Alpha, Navy Enlisted Leader Development Continuum. Uh, the, the OPNAV instruction is kind of what you would expect. It's short and intentionally vague in nature. So after you read the little pamphlet that they put out, it's kind of what you would expect. Uh, it's a whopping 11 pages long as compared to the well thought out and articulated Marine Corps order, which is 42 pages long. And we'll talk a little bit more, more about how the other services do it. And I'll provide links uh, in the show notes to both the pamphlet and the op instruction, but there's not much meat there. Uh, while they populated a chart showing that we're doing something in each area, it's massively deficient. Uh, so what's the problem then? You, uh, you're on, you know, I'm, you de I'm dedicating a whole podcast to complaining about this. So what's the actual problem? So when you do a review of all these references, this sounds like a well thought out plan that addresses sailors at every level, right? Well, wrong. We all know that's wrong. Uh, and I think we all know just how badly this falls on its face in actual day to day practice. Like we see it every single day in the fleet. And so now I want to talk about training versus education. And this is kind of where I'm going to explain why it's a problem. So this is something I first heard at the Senior Enlisted Academy, which in and of itself is a problem, that that's the first time I'd ever heard it. But it's a pretty big deal uh, and the thread that ties this whole thing together. So the difference is simple. Training is providing specific information on specific competencies and then drilling that, getting in repetitions to increase your proficiency at that competency. Education teaches you how to think. It shows you how to develop your intellect and problem solving skills and, and how those are applied to further the mission. Now, which one of those sounds more suited to building leaders, right? The easy answer is education. It's obvious. Yet, what do we do from day one and pretty much with everything that we ever need to cover, right? We Training. It's, it's what we do if we do anything at all. So command-delivered training is exactly where we fail. It is the single point of failure because there are deck plate leaders out there just killing it. There are people that somehow find a way to fit this into their schedule at some point, someone decided that leadership education was, in fact, not that important. So once upon a time, McPon Bushy pushed the importance of leadership development so hard that it led to the creation of what we used to call NAV lead, which were brick and mortar schoolhouses that I was fortunate enough to catch the tail end of uh, early in my career. And some of you may remember them. And they had courses specifically for work center supervisors, leading petty officers and leading chiefs. They were not perfect, all right? but they were something. They were a foothold 
uh, I, I attended the Work Center Soup course as a CS2 in Groton, Connecticut, and I got something from it. I remember learning there. And like everything, budget cuts came around and someone on high decided that these courses were expendable. These courses that should be our top priority, according to the CNO, or one of our top priorities, became expendable. So we couldn't just erase enlisted leadership development because it's so important, right? So something had to take its place, and that something is what we call command-delivered training. Some of you, if not all of you, have experienced this at some level, and what, what they are is Petty Officer Indoc for PO3s, PO2s, and PO1s. The CPO Selectee Leadership Course, which is a formal course that is part of what you now see as CPO 365 Phase 2. And the problem with all this, as, as much as I love these programs, and I know there are first class and second class petty officer messes out there just crushing PO Indoc. Um, I know there are commands out there that just deliver in ridiculously effective CPO 365 programs. The problem with this is the burden. We dropped the whole, all of it, 100% of enlisted leadership development until we get to the senior enlisted ranks on petty officers and chiefs in the fleet that barely have enough time to get their maintenance done, that barely have enough time to fit in everything that they're required to do, that they need to do to accomplish the mission. And now they have to spend time like figuring out how to accomplish all of enlisted leadership development. That's insane. Uh, to be fair, I'm told when I ask that the chief's mess asked to take this responsibility on when the budget cuts happen, but I've yet to meet someone that still feels that way. I'm obviously pretty passionate about this topic and I could barely find time to fit CPO 365 phase one training in of any substance, right? I love this stuff. I love CPO 365. That's my favorite thing to do is develop leaders. And if and when I do, it's generally after my sailors have put in at least eight hours and they just want to go home to their families. So no matter how much time I put into this, no matter how robust this training is, do you think they want to sit there and listen to me talk about institutional technical expertise after an eight to 10 hour day? Uh, you think they're receiving me? Of course they're not. They want to go home. And who can blame them? Petty officer indoc rarely does happen. And if it does, it's not usually that robust unless it's a really strong first class petty officer mess out there just leading the way. And while that can be very, very valuable, it should not be the primary vehicle for leadership education. The first class petty officer mess, the chief's mess should not be the primary vehicle for that. The, at least not the folks at sea, all right? Like the people out there at the tip of the spear should not have this burden put on them on top of everything else that they have to do. They're war fighters. So is there leadership education? Yeah, there is, right? The crime is it's being locked up at the Naval War College for chiefs only, basically. Uh, when I attended the Senior Enlisted Academy in early 2016, it consisted of nine weeks of distance learning on Blackboard, so think online college, uh, and then three weeks in residence in Newport, Rhode Island. The Blackboard portion consisted of writing essays, reviewing lectures and articles, what basically the lectures were like YouTube videos, and participating in conversations on discussion boards, and it was awesome. Then I got to spend three weeks in Newport, Rhode Island with over 100 chiefs, senior chiefs, and master chiefs, listening to amazing lectures from experts, motivational speakers, the chief of naval personnel came, chief of chaplains, command, force, and fleet master chiefs, retired senior officers. It was, it was absolutely nuts. It was by far and away the best experience I've ever had. Uh, I learned a ton. I felt completely immersed and wish I could have stayed longer. And the whole while I kept thinking, as I mentioned earlier, why the hell isn't everybody doing this? Why doesn't the whole fleet have access to this? The model could work adapted to every level. So 
I've finished complaining about this. So like, what can you do about it? What can you do about your own leadership to development? You know the education is not happening. It's not. Hopefully, I mean, some of you have just these amazing mentors that are educating you along the way, but that that's not total coverage. I'm talking about like Navy, big Navy wide, like fleet wide. How can we make this happen? So what you can do about it, so like, because it's cathartic and I'm dumb enough to think that someone will put me in charge of fixing all this at some point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about how Big Navy could and should fix it. And it starts at Recruit Training Command. We have to spend time building the foundation there, teaching sailors how to receive, understand, and communicate constructively with their leadership. And in their defense, the Navy is very slowly realizing this and attempting to update the curriculum to include things like what we now call life skills and then the Naval Military Training Environment at A schools, but again, the curriculum and execution fall woefully short of addressing the bigger issues. It's, it's not education, it's training. Then we look to the other services for answers because I wanted to see what, what is everybody else doing? And I was just on an army base, so I got some exposure to this and then I worked with the Air Force very closely on a daily basis. So I talked to them about it, got some buddies in the Marine Corps and talked to them about it. So the army has formal brick and mortar leadership schools at every level. Uh, they have NCO academies that are mandatory prior to being promoted to the next rank. Uh, the Air Force has its own community college, as well as mandatory leadership courses at similar NCO academies. Uh, they also have what's called an Airman Leader School for junior enlisted airmen to learn basic, basic principles of leadership. And I actually built a student leader program at the A school I worked at that mirrored this Airman Leader leadership concept. They have a whole program, guides, everything. It's really cool. Uh, the Marine Corps has senior NCO academies at six installations, required in-residence or distance learning courses starting at Lance Corporal and extending all the way to Command Sergeant's Major, in addition to mandatory PME online and attendance at any services senior enlisted academy. So like when I was at SCA, uh, there was an Air Force Master Sergeant there, there was a Marine Master Gunnery Sergeant there, there was a, a joint, it was a joint. Uh, I don't think we had any soldiers in, in that class, but they came. And while... I've sat down with senior NCOs from every service who have spoken with candor about their program's deficiencies. They have programs. They have brick and mortar schools. They have leadership education. So we're behind. We're so far behind. There should be petty officer leadership academies and fleet concentration areas that are mandatory attendance. Mandatory TAD either during a PCS or prior to promoting so that sailors can focus on their education they're receiving full time as it's happening. Uh, and there's so many answers to saving money and making the delivery more efficient because, you know, as soon as you say it's mandatory attendance at these brick and mortar schoolhouses, oh my God, how am I going to get them there? It costs so much money and it takes so much time and we're already undermanned to see. I got it. I got it. The SEA is a perfect prototype in its use of Blackboard to maximize throughput. Uh, then we move on to mediums that the kids are using nowadays, right? Like YouTube, smartphone apps, podcasts, go figure, etc. Like we haven't even dipped our toe in the water here. The potential of those mediums is mind-blowing. Uh, why do we not have apps with leadership education material readily available and free for download? Like we can do better and we have to do better. We have to. I want to get into now that I've talked about what I think the big Navy perspective should be. Like what can you do? What can you do to better yourself on a daily basis to kind of fill this void until the Navy comes around, right? Read. That's my first one. Read everything. The CNO's professional reading program is outstanding. It exists and not a lot of you guys know about it. So your command should have these books readily available. A new list comes out each year and each command can get a set for free, shipped straight to your command. So check out the ship's library. There's a good chance that they're just sitting there somewhere if not, you can find them online for free. Log into NKO, find the e-library link on the main page, follow it, 
register an account and commence learning, commence developing. That is such a huge resource for your leadership education and you should be using it. Always be reading, all right? Self-educate, so leverage the resources available to you. YouTube is one of my favorites because as much as I like reading, it usually puts me to sleep. So uh, I, I get on and I watch videos, so specifically the Navy History and Heritage Command and the Naval War College channels on YouTube. Uh, there are amazing lectures from the War College professors and guests, and plenty of them. Like, there's a ton of videos on there, and they're free. So take the time to explore the library there. There's a wealth of knowledge in it. Uh, and learn your heritage with the History and Heritage Command. Like, they literally release a daily video titled This Day in History. Uh, it takes, like, two minutes to watch, and you won't regret it. Strong mentorship. So we did a whole topic on this. We talked about it a lot. So I'm not going to go too far into this because I've spoken on it and its importance more than once. But strong mentorship goes both ways. Uh, look around the room, find a leader that is what you see in your mind's eye when you picture yourself in that position and follow their example. Uh, and when you arrive in that place, pay it forward. Mentor the next generation and train your relief. Be the leader you always wish you had on your way up the ranks. Command delivered training. Oh, he just said command deliver training is a solution. What? Like you just you just said it doesn't work and it's not enough. Well, like, yeah, I did. And it's not, but it's what we have. And so since this is all we have at the moment, we need to make it a priority. Uh, this is something first class petty officers should take ownership of. Uh, there are messes fleet wide that should be taking the lead on this under the guidance of a senior chief or a senior chief petty officer uh, with the approval and support of CMCs. So Stay with me, first classes. I know that sounded crazy. Because I know your competency and leadership and your drive and determination to develop your sailors is there. I'm not questioning it. And there's a reason why I say that you should be the ones owning this. But you need to involve the chiefs. You need to. And why do I say this? Well, there's several reasons, all right? But you bring them in as needed as technical advisors or as guest speakers, right? You don't want to these guys to just be hearing leadership development education topics at your trainings just from you, okay? So you, you want experts to come in. You want people with more experience. They, they just have more experience in some areas as well as insight that you won't have based on access and experience. Uh, use them and their experience to better your sailors. Take advantage of that resource. Uh, you're, you're selling them short if you don't, okay? So the second and most important reason is support. Who decides whether sailors will be present at these trainings, at, at INDOC, right? And any of these trainings that, that uh, you guys are, are putting forth, right? Whether their attendance is prioritized over maintenance or a work list, who decides that? Who decides at the command level if that support is given? You guessed it, Chiefs Mess and your CMC, right? So involve them, show them your plan, show them your passion for that plan, get their stamp of approval, and then ask for their support. If you go in there passionate with a well thought out and prepared plan, they're going to be so pumped and they're going to get behind you and push. And that's exactly the support I'm talking about. And that's what you need for this to succeed. It's the only way that command delivery of leadership development will succeed. And the last thing, say something, say something, speak up, bring this up. Every time you attend an all hands call with big Navy leadership. So I'm talking about CNO, McPon, chief of Naval personnel, any fleet or force master chiefs, tell your leadership that you want to be developed that you need leadership education. Like they travel the world and hold those calls and solicit questions from junior sailors to hear just that. And believe it or not, when they hear a good idea or see a trend in the comments that they're hearing at these things, that's where these big initiatives come from. 
That's where they're trying to improve the Navy. That feedback they get from you when they identify trends. Like, if you don't believe one of their aides isn't taking notes the whole time, you're incorrect. (laughs) They're doing that. That feedback goes back with them to D.C. And then that's where these initiatives come from. So speak up. Don't let them sit in D.C. until they get hit over the head by the good idea fairy. Give them feedback that they need to do what you need. Enlisted Leadership Foundation, I, 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 it's, I have to bring this up. Uh, so it's in San Diego. So it's really just California sailors only, basically, unless you can get there somehow. Um, this is a nonprofit organization that puts on amazing courses. They are, do, they are doing leadership education in the way that the entire Navy should be doing it. Uh, so they run an LPO academy that's for E5s, a course called the Foundry, which is for E6s. And the CPO Legacy Academy, which uh, is for CPO selectees on board the USS Midway. So it's something kind of like the Heritage Weeks that happened on the USS Constitution. It's probably the most famous one. Um, a lot of fleet concentration areas have those in one way or the other. And they run the one in, uh, in San Diego on the USS Midway. But the Enlisted Leadership Foundation is a really great nonprofit. It's run by volunteers, active duty and retired CMCs and Master Chiefs. Not only can you be a student there, but you can also be a volunteer as a mentor for these courses. Uh, it involves no cost TAD orders, so you got to run it by your command, write a special request shit, and give them the details. Uh, they cannot fund travel. The Enlisted Leadership Foundation cannot, but check them out. EnlistedLeadershipFoundation.org, okay, .org. Check them out. Uh, if you're in that area, take advantage of that. I mean, I would take leave if I were you and try to get to one of those courses on your free time. I, I don't think you will regret it. It's conclusion time. So we talked about what the current system of enlisted leadership development looks like, what the problems with our current system are, and what you can do about it to ensure that you are the best leader possible, which was the whole point of this topic. Uh, So junior sailors should take time to understand the importance of leadership development and what they can do on their own to fill the void in order to become the best possible leaders they can for their charges. Uh, So... As I close here, I, I hope this didn't sound like just one giant complaint from me. Uh, am I frustrated by it? Yes, I am. It's because I'm passionate about leadership education development. I mean, like first I want to take the opportunity to address anyone that this topic may have rubbed the wrong way, right? I am in no way trying to take anything away from the amazing deck plate leaders out there, chiefs and blue shirts that are out there making our Navy better by professionally developing their sailors at a high level, like that are, that are taking the time and making leadership education and training a priority. I get it. There are absolutely commands out there doing this right and killing it and making it a priority, but they are exceedingly rare. I mean, you guys are unicorns. You just are. Like there's not a lot of commands that prioritize this stuff because there's so much pressure from their superiors up at up at like the destroyer squadrons, like what are they called? Desrons and like from submarine squadrons for me and up even at TICOM level, there's so much pressure to Mission, mission, mission. There's all these requirements and there's all these things that you have to do. And the specific problem that I'm addressing, along with the fact that you having to prioritize this along with the ridiculousness of other responsibilities you have in an operational unit, is the glaring symptom of a broken process. Like, even if you guys are killing it, the fact that you have to prioritize this on the level that you do to get it right and still fight the ship, I mean, it's it's a symptom of a broken process. And we should be exploiting every avenue possible. Like we, the enlisted force, should get, get similar dedicated classroom style education received by naval officers throughout their careers, by our sister services throughout their careers. I believe we can do this and touch every single sailor doing this job in such a positive way. 
Uh, I believe we could do it by exploiting the mediums Junior enlisted folks gravitate to already. Like, you already are fighting them from sitting on their phones, Snapchatting and doing whatever else they're doing. We could leverage those platforms by utilizing the things that already exist and by talking to those kids and saying, how would this best be delivered to you? We could be doing this already. Make it operate through their phones. It's how I'm reaching them with this podcast. It works. So too could a staff of strong mentors with Big Navy's blessing and backing. Apps, YouTube, they can get it while they drive home, while they PT, limiting the amount of time needed in a classroom, but not replacing it. Because you just can't. Like There's no replacement for one-on-one learning where two people are talking to each other. That has to exist in some form or fashion. I did learn something incredible recently. So if you're a first-class petty officer or a chief, and you have not participated in training delivered by a mobile training team called the Fleet CPO Training Team, do it right now. Seriously, like go talk to your chiefs and get this booked. They were the Navy's answer to this gap. And while they are limited, they are completely dedicated to your leadership development and education. Contact them. There's one on each coast, okay? Uh, They will schedule time and fly to your command on their dime, lodge themselves, and come spend an entire eight-hour day with your chiefs and another full eight-hour day with your first classes. It was outstanding. Like, all of my chiefs and first classes came out of the training beaming, like ear-to-ear smiles. I couldn't have been happier with the education that these amazing command mass chiefs delivered. Uh, So I wanted to put that out there to make you aware of that. Seek them out, okay? It it was incredible. Uh, Lastly, just never stop chipping away at this. Like when you think about it as leaders, this is our primary mission. As leaders, this is our everyday grind. Constantly pushing this. Constantly finding new and creative ways to develop our sailors. We will very likely never get the brick and mortar classroom training back that I just got done complaining about. Barring a catastrophic failure of enlisted leadership in an armed conflict, and I know you will all rise to the occasion if that happened, we will not get brick and mortar back. I, unless some idiot makes me McPond, which will probably, which will never happen. So we continue to grind out progress. Proactively improving your command-delivered training is that progress. Your own professional development by exploiting professional reading is that progress. The fleet CPO training team is that progress. And you finding innovative ways to use what we have to solve new problems and meet new leadership development challenges is that progress. So keep pushing yourselves, keep pushing your leadership, and keep pushing me. Keep pushing me so that I can give you every drop I've got. Ring me out like an old dish rag. I I really want to do whatever I can to help fill this void for you on a daily basis that you may not even have recognized was there. It's something that I, I recognize as after I put stars on my anchors that I looked at it and I kind of always knew it was there, but I didn't know how deep it went, how far it ran until I attended the Senior Enlisted Academy. And then when I came back, I started evaluating people on their leadership. And then I started seeing leadership failures. And I started having a hard time calling people out on their leadership deficiencies when it, like, I just felt dirty about it because they haven't been educated. They haven't been developed in the way that they should. The leadership education just construct does not exist. So any way that you can find to contribute to that, uh, do that. 
If you see a way to do something maybe similar to what I'm doing here with this podcast, uh, my impact is small. I, I mean, each episode takes about three or four weeks to get up to 100 listens. So, I, I mean, my impact is small. Um, I'm hoping it grows with time and it's a slow burn thing, but whatever you can do, I mean, any mechanism you can come up with to contribute to this is helping. Um, it's progress. And so that's what I got today. I skipped it at the beginning, but if you need anything from me, please get a hold of us. You can hit us up on Facebook. That's the most popular option. Just shoot us a message. Goes right to my phone. I'll get back to you real fast. If you got any questions or comments or concerns, you can also email us at don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com or you can uh, direct message us on Instagram at DGuts Podcast. Uh, so hit us up if you need anything. If you got suggestions, you got topics you want to hear, you got criticisms for me, that's fine. I'm, I'm all about talking about that stuff. Uh, and then stay tuned. Lots of new stuff coming. I'm really psyched that I finally got this topic done. I'm also very excited for what I got coming your way. I'm going to have a lot more time to dedicate this to this for the next couple months uh, to get out the Motivation Mondays to maybe finally get these videos spun up. I'm having a lot of trouble learning how to do that. So if I got any video editors in the audience, help. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then more Spin the Yarns and, and more episodes to come. So uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this, out of this, and uh, we'll see you next time. And don't give up the ship. Yeah.